To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Okay, some great questions today about some very common concerns. One, about what to do when your preschool or daycare is asking for help with inappropriate behaviors at school, and another on separation anxiety. Okay, my puppy is in the room with me today and she has a little bone, so I was gonna kick her out, but hopefully it won't come onto the recording, but if you hear a little bit of chomping, I don't wanna kick her out of the room, so that's what that noise is. And another, on separation anxiety, in this case, likely due to a new sibling. Then I have some time-saving tips I'm gonna share. I like to think of myself as kind of the queen of efficiency and multitasking, or at least the queen of trying to figure out the most efficient way to get things done in a really busy family. So I really work hard to not work so hard, at least in areas that I don't have to, so I can have more energy for the stuff that needs my energy, like my kids' emotional struggles, or staying organized and on top of all the kids' extras from school plays to projects to sports events and practices. So I'll share some tips. I'm just learning and really getting into the groove that are already really helping me out a lot, helping our family out a lot, actually. So the first question is from Ashley and she wrote, Hi Erin, thank you for your classes. I'm writing because this morning when I dropped my 20 month old son off at daycare, they wanted to chat. 
It was all very casual. While they emphasize that the changes in my son's personality are developmental, they've also been sudden. So the last couple of weeks, my son, who is usually good at listening, has started to disobey. If the teachers ask him to do something, he'll do the exact opposite. Additionally, he has started taking toys from his friends in class, and they're spending more time monitoring him. This coincides with a significant increase in verbal skills and a huge growth spurt, almost three inches and three pounds. The teachers have asked me to speak to him before he comes to daycare to remind him to listen to his teachers, but I need more direction there. Two and a half weeks ago, we went on vacation for five days with a very close family friend who have a two and a half year old who has not been to school yet. She has some only child tendencies, such as grabbing, yelling, no, not always listening well, etc. Essentially, many of the things that the teachers are now saying my son is exhibiting. So I have two questions. How can we support the teachers through parenting outside of daycare? And how should we monitor the interactions my son has with this very close friend? We also spent time with them on Sunday and in a one hour period at home. They were fighting over toys and attention. Thanks for any help you can give. So my first question to Ashley is how attached are you to your daycare? Now I'm really not one to suggest flippantly changing care providers the moment they do something you don't love. Security and familiarity is a very important thing up to a point. So I ask this to see if this is a place that overall Ashley you really like and they do a great job or if there's been some questions about it anyway. There's a tipping point of when the security and the familiarity is no longer the higher or stronger pull in making a decision to stay or go. So I'm just kind of asking Ashley to weigh this out. Only the family experiencing this school, the day in and day out experiences, can know when or what that tipping point is. I'm also wondering, is it a daycare or is it a preschool? Now preschool doesn't usually start until around two and a half to three but some preschools have a daycare option for younger kids until they're ready for preschool. If it is affiliated with a preschool, I'm wondering if there is a system, what system or philosophy do they follow, if any? Waldorf, Montessori, Reggio, Highscope, etc. What training do the teachers have in early childhood development and or education? And I'm asking all of these and throwing these all out there because it sounds like they're not very knowledgeable about child development. So 20 months old is still extremely young. At this age, he has no understanding of the other, let alone empathy for the other. And so what's likely happening, while it may seem like a sudden change, is that he is now developing strongly his sense of self. This is coming on board. And why you have, or we'll soon hear a lot of that me, my, and mine language, it also means it's common for toddlers in this age to go through an oppositional stage. So along with this, it's very common for children to grab toys. They really don't realize that there's another person attached to the other end of that toy who's playing with it, and they just know that they want it, and so they grab it. Now that doesn't mean that it's acceptable or that um, we have to let it happen, particularly if the other child gets upset. If the other child doesn't seem to notice, usually you kind of let it go. If the other child is upset about it, then you want to work through it, help them work through it. But there's just, they're really not aware of other toddlers, children, people at that point and that they might be doing something or might have an interest in the toy that they're playing with or that they're going to upset that person when they take it. So this is a really common thing at this age and for this to come on at this age. The other thing is that in this age range, toddlers 
will often go through that oppositional stage and it usually peaks around the age of two and a half. What this means is you say up and they go down. You say here and they go there. This is normal and healthy. Now this doesn't mean he gets to grab toys or do whatever he wants. It just means that this is part of the development and that the adults who work with him need to Number one, understand this, these stages and what's happening and then have tools to know how to work with that. And it sounds like these teachers may not have those skills or that understanding. Also at his age, their memory is extremely short. Like within a few minutes, they're going to forget anything they've been told. So the only thing that helps teach new behaviors is working with the child in that moment. So at this age, at 20 months old, like we're talking not even two years old yet, the only thing that's gonna help them learn new behaviors is working with that child in that moment, right when it's happening. No amount of talking or reminding at home or even right as you're getting to daycare is going to make one iota of difference in the behavior, even 10 minutes later, let alone a couple hours later. Also, young toddlers are very impulsive because they just don't have that frontal lobe developed yet that helps with their reasoning skills and helps them think through their actions. They just kind of do what they want to do in the moment they want to do it. So with the developing of the self and a sense of autonomy and independence, their expectations of his behavior are really unrealistic. And especially the expectation that any kind of reminder at home is going to make any difference at school. The only thing you can do at home is to keep helping him with these behaviors if or when you're even seeing them at home by using the positive discipline tools like choices, especially making them fun, the fun choices, helping him make good choices, one, two, three magic when you really need him to comply and quickly, like getting out the door or doing something dangerous like climbing up high on a table or the back of the couch. Then you can use that one, two, three magic to reverse that behavior contribution getting him engaged in helping with a task, which removes attention from something less appropriate, like pulling on the dog's tail or dumping all the toys out while you're trying to get dinner ready or get out the door in the morning. These are the things you can do at home. But if he's an only child, you're not having those interactions with other children, especially other children his age, then these are the reasons he's there to learn those social skills at school. But even so, 20 months old, they really just don't understand or connect with other children and start to play with them until well into the age of two. And then they don't do that collaborative play until usually around the age of three where they start working together on play, play scenarios and imaginative play and rules for games that they're making up and that kind of thing. That's just a process that happens throughout these years. As far as the friend, her behavior doesn't actually sound particularly out of expectation for her age range either. So two and a half is the peak for that negativism, the, the lots of no's and the other oppositions to pretty much anything and everything that someone tells the child to do is gonna peak around two and a half. Grabbing and that type of behavior is also common at two and a half, even well into the three for some toddlers doesn't mean it's acceptable. So what you're, you might be wondering, and I'm not sure how the other parent was handling it, but when there's the grabbing and that kind of thing, is that you want to step in and help facilitate those interactions, but it's still a very common behavior. And it's something that you want to coach. But three is when the empathy, the beginning of understanding that there's another person with other feelings that may be upset by our behaviors, 
or our choices is what starts to develop just starting at three. And that's when kids will begin to understand that their behavior and choices have an effect on others, that other people have feelings too, and that those feelings may not always match our own feelings. Like we want to play this game, but they don't want to play that game. That's when they're going to start to learn that. So with two young toddlers, neither of them has a lot of skills yet for cooperation or negotiation or that kind of thing. So it's it's generally going to be either they're just not going to pay a lot of attention to each other or they are going to tend to grab toys and do things that are what we might see as an unacceptable behavior. So it's okay to let them work it out if you like. But if one of them is constantly taking over or one is constantly getting the short end of the stick and getting the toys taken away and getting upset, then you want to intervene. Or if it starts to get physical, hitting, scratching, pinching, that type of thing, then you'll want to step in right away and coach. And the class on coaching, if you're not sure how to do that, the class on coaching does cover how to teach a child to work on their behaviors to make different choices based on where they are, where the level of understanding is. It's called scaffolding. So we wanna scaffold our child and start with where they are with the coaching process. So we wanna, if they really have no idea what to do, we're gonna really work with them on that level. As we teach them, they're gonna learn more about what to do. They're gonna know the answers, but they aren't always going to practice it. So in that, then coaching starts to become more of a reminder to help that become their second nature. So that coaching class really goes into that in a lot more detail of how to do that scaffolding process around coaching behaviors and choices. And that is on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline section, of course. And then there's other classes for coaching and working with children with aggression and anger, things like helping your child with anger, your developing toddler, your developing preschooler, all cover what is developmentally normal in these age ranges for social skills, emotion skills, and how to really work with them on those skills to make them stronger and help them develop those earlier. So now, if, Ashley, you do love this daycare, if you love them, everything's great, everything normally goes really well, they just seem to be missing this piece a little bit, you could just sit down, you could ask them a lot of questions about their background and their expectations, what they normally do with children when, or toddlers when they see this behavior, how they normally work with them, and see if you can't come to a place of more balance with them where they're understanding that this is normal developmental behavior and that they really need to work with him in the moment and that that's really the only thing that's going to help him learn to make better choices while he's at school. If you don't love it, if you have some other reasons you've been wondering about it or kind of waffling or thinking maybe it's not the best fit and you're open, I would do a search and really look for a place that's heavy on their education and understanding of the child development process and working with children within that framework so that you can find a place that will really help him thrive and blossom as he goes into these preschool years and he's exploding in all his areas of development, the social, cognitive, physical, and emotional development. So for any parents who are wanting to know exactly what to look for, all the questions to ask, as well as just knowing the options for different methods and philosophies of teaching in preschools. And they're different. There's not necessarily one that's better than the other. And there are some that will resonate with certain family values and some that aren't as 
good of a fit for family values. The class on choosing a preschool covers all these methods, all the questions to ask, things to look for to really help parents be prepared to recognize when a school is or is not a place that is going to understand child development and work within your child's developmental appropriateness, as well as the school that just may not be the right fit for your particular family, for your family values. So that class, I love, is on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the education section. And then, of course, the choices, the coaching, like I said, under the discipline section as separate classes or also put together under the discipline tools for toddlers class or the discipline tools for preschoolers. Okay, so now I'm going to take a few minutes to share my new found life hacks, but parenting hacks for getting more organized, saving time, and improving my own self-care. The newsletter just went out today, and I talk a little bit about self-care in there as well as care for our children. But so some of you may have discovered some of these already and you're probably loving them. And you're probably like, of course, Erin, you should have known this like a year ago or months ago, but I'm just getting on board with this. Um, If you have anything to add to what I share, feel free to send us a message at podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Amy will send it to me. I'll share them on the next episode so that everyone can hear your great organization secrets. But if you haven't started using these, then I hope you're as excited about them as I am about using them. So when it comes to self-care, we all have areas of struggle. And for me, that area that seems to keep coming back is nutrition. It has always been a struggle. I do well for a while, and then when life is really busy and stressful, I fall back into bad habits. I eat too much pre-prepared foods, too much sugar. With three kids, so many activities, dinner time is a really tough time of day for me. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm wearing out by the end of the day. So opening a bag of pre-made food or those drive through stops, even if it's like the healthier drive through it's still not nearly as good as the home-prepped meals. There's just added stuff, fats and salts and sugars into the foods that we don't do at home when we cook. So it becomes, an, for me, becomes an all too common habit and it's not a good one when I fall back into that pre-prepared foods and the drive-throughs thing. So my goal early on this year was to really focus on this, our family nutrition, because it isn't just for me, it's also I'm building my children's tastes for food. And so this was really important to me. I wanted to make those pre-packaged and fast food meals a lot less frequent in our house. And actually, there's a picture I posted on my Instagram account on Monday, Iron Mom 2020, of my daughter helping me in the kitchen. And this is a picture of us continuing to commit to turning this habit around. And from the picture, you'll also see that there's an added benefit when you have kids that are a little bit older that can help that bonding, the contribution, them growing their skills, just so many pluses to doing this and making this part of your family repertoire. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. 
EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I also found a great meal planning app that downloads recipes off of the internet, including my favorites from the ButcherBox website. It downloads right into the app so I can use their recipes in my app. So a couple of my favorites are the the Korean barbecue beef tips and the garlic and lemon marinated chicken breast with brown sage butter. Both really quick and easy recipes. So what I do is I plan my meals two weeks out and I can do these tasks while I'm waiting at swim or hockey practice or whatever the kids are doing at the time. I can then add the list from the recipes right to a shopping list on the app. Then I go and I order my meat from ButcherBox and the rest of my groceries online according to what I need. What I'm finding is that we're saving time from shopping, which is great because I can then use that time to prep and cook. I'm also saving money because I'm only buying what we need for meals. There's no impulse buying happening anymore. So I'm saving the time and the money and my winter weight is coming off finally. So if you have any tips for making this whole process of meal planning and meal preps, easier, faster, smoother that you want to share with the rest of us, please feel free to send it into podcast at yourvillageonline.com and share it with us because I know that is just one of the bigger chores that I find in the house that overall is one of the bigger chores that anyways we can save time, money, organization, make that faster, easier, smoother and share with our fellow parents is great. Our next question is from Adam. It's about a spike in separation anxiety after the birth of a new baby. And Adam says, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months. 
We have a very sweet three-year-old daughter and recently had a new baby boy, three months old now. She's very loving, is great with our son, and really cares for him. Our daughter has always been very attached to us, but drop-offs at school and separation anxiety, especially for my wife, have grown significantly recently, mostly since about a month before our son was born. My wife is home with our son now, and I do drop-offs in the morning, as I have always done, and she is in a new classroom which she now goes three days a week, full days. Our daughter has recently been refusing to go places that previously she enjoyed doing, birthday parties, that kind of thing, or even out to eat if she's not with my wife. We've tried special rewards for good mornings, short drop-offs, long drop-offs, more time with grandparents, etc. She's recently also been complaining her belly hurts her as a reason not to eat, but then says it's because she's not with mom. And at school, she's been going to the bathroom frequently, presumably as a coping mechanism. She said her belly hurts and we've had to pick her up from school before the end of the day. At drop-off, she regularly says she has to go to the bathroom, which is when I give her a hug and go. Some days are really good, but then we always regress back other days. We watched the session on separation anxiety, and I think we do need some further guidance as we simply don't know how to get past this recent debilitating separation anxiety that she has been experiencing. We appreciate all the help. Adam. Okay, so this definitely sounds like separation anxiety due to the new baby. So she's feeling, she's likely feeling misplaced. And so when baby gets to stay home with mom and she has to go to school, that's going to really kick up that separation anxiety. Also, the upset stomach is very likely due to this. It's a real feeling. Like I think her stomach really is getting upset. That anxiety is just making her feel upset in her stomach. And she may also be having issues with needing to go to the bathroom because that because the juices in her stomach are getting kind of kicked up from her emotions and then she probably is having some issues with needing to use the bathroom more commonly. So as you work through this, I want you to keep a mental note of when and where it's happening because it's not impossible that she has an allergy that is just now starting to exacerbate. So we wanna rule that out. But if and when she's with mom, she never experiences any tummy trouble, then the anxiety is very likely the culprit. But just keep an eye on that. If there's certain things she's eating, what's happening um, when this stomach trouble, when she's getting that stomach trouble. Because if she's eating something that she has an allergy to and then going to school and then her stomach is bothering her, it could just be what she had for breakfast. So definitely keep an eye on that. My guess is, like I said, she feels like she's missing out because brother's home with mom and she's not. So that's understandable. So my question would be, and my suggestion was, would be, is does she get any time alone with mom? Because I think that if she gets some alone time with mom too, then that feeling displaced or that fear of missing out will lessen. Is there a way that she and mom can get some time together on the weekend for a few hours? Time at the park, visiting a museum, going out for a little treat, um, going shopping with mom, even helping mom out, and then mom takes her to lunch. Anything she can do, something she really likes. Now, I know mom might be breastfeeding, and so that really limits the amount of time mom can be out. But it, you know, if she can pump or she can feed and then take your daughter out and spend a little time with her somewhere, that will really help. A mommy and me group at the gym, a developmental center. Like I said, shopping where she gets to be the big helper. All this stuff can really go a long way. So this is what we call special time. These are options for special time that we spend. And for toddlers and uh, toddlers and preschoolers, that's those are the types of special times that you can do. Those shopping outings, the parks, the playing at the mall, playground, 
use that hand sanitizer if you do that. There's a lot of germs going around this time of year, but that kind of thing. Also, emphasize how much she can do that her brother cannot. How she can feed herself, how she can help out in the kitchen, how she can climb the um, all the jungle gyms at the park and slide down the slide, how she could bring something for you when you ask. All these things that she can do because she's grown into a big girl who can walk and talk and do so much more than she could do when she was a baby. So both you, Adam, and mom can let her know how much you enjoy watching her grow and blossom and learn new things. This way she's proud and excited to take on those activities and that development as a young person. It'll help her feel wanted and needed and special for what she can do, how she can contribute, and will help her understand and focus on the positive sides of being the older sibling. Lots of positive feedback for those types of things. Now, again, positive feedback, not the praise. I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. You, you want to do the positive feedback. You just took your own plate and silverware and put it in the sink. That is so helpful. You just put all your own toys away. Thank you so much. You're being so helpful. Those types of things. Um, I'm also not sure who's doing the pickups at the end of the day, but if it's you, but if it's dad, if it's you, once you bring her home, if there's a way you can take a little brother and mom can spend even 10 to 15 minutes giving her some undivided attention, asking her about her day and reconnecting, this also will really help. Now, rewards are generally ineffective in most cases because they're an extrinsic motivator. And since she's feeling a need for connection, the rewards are really likely to just fall flat, especially in this scenario. Once she feels she's getting the connection to the degree she's seeking, she will feel more confident in exercising more independence. So also remember that we have the special going on right now only through... Friday, the 21st through the end of the day. So midnight on Friday, it's the seven day free trial with 20% off. And you can get that at yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial, yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. You will enter the code FEB, F-E-B as in February, F-E-B 20 at the bottom of the checkout. It won't show that because it shows zero because you're not paying for the free trial. The 20% does get applied to the membership price once you start the paying membership at the end of those seven days. And that is access to all 50 classes for seven days for free and then 20% off of the membership. Yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial using code FEB20, F-E-B-20. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.